You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 69 of Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, certified elder law attorney and partner here at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Joining me today is fellow partner and attorney Chris Johnson. Today, we're talking about estate plans and common myths surrounding them. Hey, Chris, a lot of folks don't realize they need to have an estate plan no matter what the size of their estate, right? Don't you encounter that every day? Oh, every day. And and people hear that word estate. And I, I think they have a vision of, of what they think an estate is, like a large mansion, property. And what they don't understand is we all have an estate after we pass away. And it's, it's what we own at the time of our passing. And it doesn't matter if it's big or small. The fact is we all worked a lifetime for it and, and the odds are that we all worked very hard for it and you want to make sure you have a plan for whatever that estate is to make sure it goes in the manner that you want. You just don't want to leave this, basically leave a mess to your heirs because that's what you're doing when you don't do any planning. You're just basically saying here you know, that, that you guys are going to deal with this. And obviously the law has ways of dealing with this, but that's not going to ensure that your wishes are honored. And it's going to make a lot more work on, on your loved ones, which I don't think anyone wants to do. Well, exactly. And people think all the time, well, I have a will, so that takes care of it. And there's so much more to that. Um, some of the basic documents we include in a state plan um, certainly more than a will. What all do you put, include in your estate plans? At a bare minimum, we're going to have health care power of attorney for medical decision making if an individual becomes incapacitated. We're going to have a durable general power of attorney, and that's going to take care of most of your legal and financial needs. Um, and that can be used just for convenience, or it can be used because we have uh, a, an event where the individual has lost capacity or is unable to make these decisions on their own. Uh, and then with the simplest of plans, you can have just a will along with those other two documents, or you can uh, get into trust planning and uh, from the simple of probate avoidance to the more complex of asset protection. But a will, both of your powers of attorney, healthcare and durable general, and I recommend a revocable living trust. I, I think for most families, that's the right tool. It's going to save you money in the long run, and it's going to simplify the process in the long run. And I feel like it, it gives the individual whose plan it is a lot more control. And most people Kind of like with the word estate, they hear the word trust and think, well, that's for others. It's not for me. 
and they don't understand that the, a, a revocable living trust is a very accessible thing for anybody, and it really puts you in a much better position. But you're planning, when we talk about a plan, inherent in that word is comprehensive. One document does not solve your estate planning needs. You need all of these documents working together and, and coordinated. They, it, it's like having uh, the orchestra, everyone's on the same sheet of music. You want these documents to contemplate the other documents so they are all working together. Everyone knows what the role is and we make sure that decision making is continuous and we make sure that the wishes of the, the individual, that those wishes are clearly laid out and everyone knows whose job it is to execute them. It's vitally, vitally important. So, Trying to decide whether a client should have a will or a trust. Some of the things that um, I look at, and it's certainly it's always predicated on, on the client's goals for their estate, not just who's going to get what, but sometimes it depends on what do you have? What are you trying to pass along? So a lot of times real estate really uh, will trigger me to think about trust planning as opposed to, or in addition to will planning? I mean, you can ha certainly have both, but uh, what else goes into to thinking about using a trust? So I, a lot of things when I'm thinking about putting together a trust and whether it's the right solution is some people do understand the probate process and, and people sometimes have very strong feelings. And if they want to avoid probate, well, I know right away we're bringing a trust into that. If they have uh, children with disabilities and we need to put in some special needs trust planning or they have people who are on uh, heirs who are on government benefits and we need to make sure that those assets are managed and controlled, not by that individual or just have someone who isn't good financially. Maybe they have a drug addiction, maybe they have a gambling addiction, and so we need that money controlled. Um, on the will side, I, I did have a family once where I kind of went through the benefits of uh, probate avoidance, and it was really funny, and I said, listen, this is going to make things easier, and it's going to make things simpler, and it kind of takes it out of the light of judicial scrutiny, and she looked at me, and I, I chuckled so hard. She goes, you know what, Chris? I think a little judicial scrutiny is exactly what I need while everyone's taking care of this, and she just kind of understood the people involved and said, I want this under the nose of the court. And I said, well, ma'am, then I think a will-based plan is the right plan for you. Uh, and so you have you have to take that into account as well. And I think clients are often uh, surprised at the level of depth we get into with them as far as their lives, their health, their family, the family members, the family dynamics, because there's a lot of intricacies in there that are going to drive what's the right plan. And so when people, and that kind of lends itself to when people say, well, can't I just download some forms off the internet? Well, I mean, you, you could, but it's a terrible idea because the, they're not going to take into account what your, your personal circumstances are, what your family dynamics are, what your needs are. You're not going to get any counsel and have a plan that's tailored to you. And the mistake people make is they think, well, I just, I, you know, all I need to do is download this form, fill it out, and they can actually put themselves in a worse position uh, 
than, than not doing that because maybe they think they have a good document and it turns out to be flawed. Um, maybe they did planning and they felt like, oh, I gave myself asset protection when they really didn't. They can really make some very big mistakes and, and get some false peace of mind and then be very unpleasantly surprised down the road. It's surprising how clients struggle with understanding their documents when they have continuous counsel from an attorney, uh, whether it's our firm or not, that they rarely understand their documents. So you saying downloading documents from the internet sounds like a huge disaster, and often it can be. Um, But having an estate plan cannot be stressed enough that it's not just about a will. It's certainly about having powers of attorney in place, both healthcare and durable general. Folks say, well, I don't need them. I'm like, well, you don't need them today, but you don't know if you're not going to need them before you (laughs) pass away. And if you wait until you need them, this isn't what you're going to get. You're not going to get a power of attorney. So all those little barriers that they throw up um, usually are just myths and misconceptions about what an estate plan is and how it can work for you, how it can make your life, your continuation of your care and your finances, your business easier, whether you're married or not. Um, And then having the plan in place about how assets will be distributed after your passing, how things will be used to take care of you during your life before your passing. Um, Not any real good reason not to have an estate plan. If you have an estate plan once, is that good enough? You put it in place? That's a great question. And and, uh, the analogy I always use is your estate plan's a lot like your car. And it's not, once you buy a car, I think you feel good for a couple of years. And when you've put together an estate plan, you probably are good for the next couple of years. You probably want to touch base on it at least once a year. Take a look at the key players. Take a look at the distribution plan. Make sure everything is still following what your wishes are. But after five, six, seven years... Uh, You know, maybe you were planning for minor children and now those minor children are the age of majority. Maybe you have a key player who's just simply moved away or your relationship with them has changed to the point that maybe they aren't the right person for a successor trustee. And so I always counsel people every five years or so, you want to pull this out and it is well worth the time to sit down with an attorney for just a little document review. And I've, I've done countless document reviews at this time. And a lot of times they are great meetings. They bring in the documents. I go through the plan. Uh, And I'll look at it and say, is this still what you want? Are these still the key players? And if they are, that's that's it. Say, hey, your documents are still working for you. But I also give them what I consider little milestones, little waypoints. If this happens, you're going to want to look at reaching back out. If this event occurs, if we lose this person or little pitfalls, like we we don't have any redundancy here. Maybe we don't have a successor uh, or we have a successor, but they're they're getting up there in age. You know, once five or 10 years goes by, someone who seemed young at the time might not be young anymore, may have suffered from a medical event. And so just 
firing and forgetting is not the right answer for this. These are living documents and you need to review them and go over them. And remember at some point, you know, at some point when we were young and single, we had maybe a little coupe and that car treated us well. And then we got older and uh, we had a family and now we need a bigger car. Maybe we need a minivan. And so your estate plans like that when you're single and young, very, very simple. When you get a family a little more complex and you're going to need to upgrade a little bit and people need to think about those things, the biggest thing people miss are the changes in their life and the fact that those changes that they go through affect their planning. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to really hammer home about needing an estate plan uh, we've talked about the basic documents that you'd have drafted in an attorney's office. Your estate plan can also include things like your life insurance and beneficiary designations, all your retirement accounts, and making sure your beneficiary designations match your will or the beneficiaries of your trust to the extent you want them to. And then reviewing them th throughout your life as there are changes in circumstance. That's really what you're talking about. When my life needs or my life has changed, my life needs will change. So I think that's I think that's probably a pretty good message for today. I think it is. I, I think we'll leave them with kind of the, the last line that I, I like to share with people is failure to plan is planning to fail. And, and that's the biggest thing. Ignoring this doesn't make it go away. And when you put that planning down on paper, it gives you peace of mind. When your head hits the pillow at night, should something bad happen in your life? your heirs, your loved ones, the plan is in place for them to execute. It's, it's a gift to that next generation, but it's also a gift to yourself with those powers of attorney because it's going to allow people to help you when you can't help yourself. And like you said, if you wait until when you need them, you're not going to be able to get them. So with that, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Tagus McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of the Aging Starts Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 